Right, good morning everybody and welcome to our 2020 Vision Sunday. If you are new to our church, then you may not be aware, but we have a mission statement here at Tamworth Elam Church. A mission statement is a short sentence summing up what we are all about. And our mission statement is to reach Tamworth with the life-transforming love of Christ. This is what we believe that God has called us to do. It's the reason that so many of our ministries are outward looking, finding ways to reach out and bless others with the love of Christ. And although our mission statement is not changing, um, the way in which we achieve it is being constantly reviewed. As a leadership team, we feel that God is calling us to focus our attention on three key areas of our mission statement this year. But before I get into that, I just want to take a few moments to explain to you the journey that we as a leadership team have been on to get us to the point that we are today. Many of you will remember that in June last year, Dan and Steve did a series on the seven letters from God to the seven churches recorded in Revelation. Each letter included a greeting, a description of God, an encouragement saying all the things that the church was getting right, and then a challenge or a warning outlining all of the things that the church was not quite getting right. And so during this series, we began to ask the question, what might God say if he was to write a Revelation-style letter to us here at Tamworth Elam Church? And what that letter might look like? And so as a leadership team, we all went away and individually tried to write a Revelation-style letter about Tamworth Elam Church. And when we came back together, it was amazing because all of our letters looked pretty much the same. Um, there were lots and lots of positives. We believe that our church family has a genuine love for one another and they care deeply for those around them. We believe that our church family has many community projects and we meet the needs of those in our community through them from tiny little babies all the way up to the elderly in a number of different ways. We are a church that doesn't discriminate and everyone is treated equally. We have a church that is full of servant-hearted people, generous with their time and with their energy. We could go on for ages talking about all the wonderful things about our church, but I won't because we've got a lot to get through. There were also areas that we felt that God was challenging us. We had a real sense that sometimes our greatest success was also our greatest weakness. Perhaps in areas of church life, we've become complacent in how we reach out and comfortable for settling for what we already have. We believe that God had so much in store for our church than we could ever begin to imagine. And as a response, we spent a number of days over the summer praying, waiting, listening, and attempting to discern what it was that God was wanting to do here at our church. There were a number of key messages that came out of those times together. We felt that as individuals and as a church, we needed to be comfortable in the presence of Jesus again. We were reminded that we're in a desert and that in order to see growth in our church, we needed to irrigate, to prepare wells, to clear away the silt and to fill them with living water. For growth to happen, there was work to be done. 
We also felt that God was saying, this is my church and I will build it. This was really exciting, but where to begin? In October, we had an away day as a leadership team and we spent the day looking at this concept of growth, looking at both structures for growth as individuals and deepening our faith, but also growth as a church, how we could be better at reaching out in our community. And we believe that out of, these, um, out of this leadership day, um, God was guiding our conversations. And we came up with three key ideas that seem to summarize what we as a church want to focus on in 2020. And so we have three words that we want to share with you today. And those words are, drum roll please. Reach, grow, and equip. A lot of those, uh, those words sum up a lot of what we are already doing. In many ways, we are reaching out. In many ways, we are seeing growth. And in many ways, we are being equipped. But we believe that God has bigger plans for us than what we are already doing. We're looking forward to 2020. And we're excited to share with you a little bit more about what we hope to do. And this morning, we want to spend some time unpacking those three key words, those three key focuses. Um, and hopefully, that will give you a better idea of what this year might look like for us as a church. And so, Steve is going to come up now and speak about our first core focus, which is reach. Embedded in our mission statement, we have that word reach. Now, the word reach, just like the word grow and the word equip, it's an active word. And we believe that our mission, as uh, Brenda's just said, uh, for this church is to reach Tamworth with the life-transforming love of Christ. And to reach for something very often involves stretching. And that is what we're asking you to do this year, is to stretch your faith, to reach out to your friends and your family, to reach out to your colleagues and your classmates, to reach out to your neighbors and your networks. How will they ever know if you do not tell them? I'm sure most of us are aware of the words of um, um, St. Paul in Romans chapter 10. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Now, reaching out to others is very much a part of our DNA as a church. It is something that we do quite naturally. Our church was birthed in tent meetings in 1923, where gifted evangelists came to the town to declare the good news that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And that was in 1923. And throughout the years since then, throughout the years of recession of the 1930s, the war years of the 1940s, the time of rebuilding in the 1950s, throughout the sexual revolution of the 1960s, the social upheaval and, 
and uh, sectarian violence of the 70s through the Thatcherism of the 80s. There have been men and women at Tamworth Elim Church, people who have been privileged to call themselves Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, who have served the purposes of God in their time, in their generation. They were people, brothers and sisters in Christ, just like us, people who had families, people who went to work to uh, earn a living to pay their bills, people who made sacrifices of their time and energy and finance. These men and women, most of them are probably unknown to us. Unsung heroes of the day, not only served the purpose of God in their own generation, but they passed the baton of faith on to the next generation. And today there is a Christian witness in this part of Tamworth, in this church, because of the faithfulness of others who have passed the buttons down through the ages. In the 1990s, the Lord gave us new ways to reach out and challenged us as a church that we should become far more community-focused and to reach out to people that we did not yet know. And our challenge was to serve the community in as many ways as we possibly could, from cradle to grave, which we did. And we knew that as we did this, we would be observed, more than observed, scrutinized perhaps by a watching world that says that the church is full of hypocrites. We served others in the name of Christ. And as we did so, we needed to live impressive lives, lives of service, lives of loving others, lives of being salt and light to our community. And always, as Peter says in his letter in the New Testament, always to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have. And over the last 25 years, we have served through a range of projects and a range of ministries. We have touched the lives of thousands of people in Tamworth, literally thousands of people. I am not exaggerating by saying that. We were and we are the only Bible that many people would ever read. And during this time, we have met many people's needs emotionally, physically, family needs, financial needs, and spiritual needs. And throughout our key motivation in doing all of this was the grace, the unmerited, unconditional love of God. That has been our motivation. So what's different then in 2020? Well, in one sense, there is absolutely nothing which is different. We still desire to reach out with the love of Christ to those around us. But this year, we plan to be more strategic, more intentional, more purposeful, more determined, more focused, and to offer you all greater opportunities that you can reach out to your friends and family. The very last words of Jesus recorded to his disciples, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, are found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus says to his disciples, to us, you could say, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. For them, it was in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus has called his disciples 
to be fishers of men, not keepers of aquariums. He has also called us to be fishers of men, not just providers of food, not just suppliers of compassion, not just merchants of kindness. You see, without kindness and compassion and practical loving action, our message will cease to be credible. But without the message of salvation, we are failing in what God has commissioned us to do as a church. So Tamworth Elim Church, I believe that the Lord is calling us to do the very same things and telling us that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us to be his witnesses in Bamford Street and Glasgow Road and Glasgow and Amington and to other districts in the town. And the Lord is saying to us, show them I love them. But don't forget to also tell them I love them. Okay, you all right? Good, good, good. So, um, the second uh, core value for us this year um, is really encapsulated in this word, um, grow. What do we mean by the word grow? Well, one of the, um, hopefully, uh, outcomes of reach is that we will grow numerically. Uh, more people will come to join us on this journey. Um, we may even need to grow somehow um, a larger space to fit everybody in, which is uh, really, really exciting. Um, but that isn't the main way. That's not the main way that we feel God is calling us to grow this year. Um, the way we feel God is calling us to grow is in relationship with Him. Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love that, that phrase, rooted and built up. The bigger the tree, the bigger the roots. If you've ever tried to um, dig a tree out of your back garden, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, the taller you want to build a skyscraper, the, the wider and the deeper the foundations need to be. This is both a physical and a spiritual principle as well. And we feel that God is calling to us, speaking to us, and, and really challenging us in both of these areas. The depth of our roots and the reach um, of our branches, if you like. When Paul says, continue to live your lives in Him, um, really what I think he's talking about there is something the New Testament calls uh, discipleship. Discipleship. And discipleship for a Christian is all about learning how to live like Jesus. It's about um, adopting the same mindset, as Paul calls it in Philippians, or the same attitude of heart, both to other people um, and to God as well. The Christian theologian Dallas Willard says that discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. That one might take a, a minute or two to sink in. Essentially, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus be like 
in the context of your own life. Because the Christian journey, it's not supposed to be static. We don't just um, receive Christ and then kind of just stand still, you know, wait for, for death or whatever. Um, we're supposed to keep growing, right? We're supposed to be um, learning both how to live for him and how to live like him as well. When Jesus gave the disciples the Great Commission, he didn't say, go and make converts of all people. He said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, that symbolized them, is, symbolizes them dying to their old way of living. And then he says, teach them to, to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus' expectation of us is that we would need to continue to learn how to live this new life, to be taught how to live this new life, to continue to grow um, in him. And so what does this uh, process of discipleship look like for us? How do we enter into it? That's actually a really um, big, big question. Um, uh, it's a bigger question than I can probably answer um, today. I've really only got a couple of minutes to sort of introduce this idea to you. Um, but let me just throw at you a couple of examples, just a couple of examples from the way that Jesus discipled his friends, his followers. Um, I think that's maybe a good way just to start us thinking about this. So the first thing is that Jesus spent a lot of time with his followers. They hung out together a lot. When he said, um, uh, follow me, he didn't mean like to the shops and back. He meant, um, walk with me, be by my side, let me teach you, let me live with you, let me laugh with you, let me show you how it is that I do life. I was really um, deeply challenged personally last year by the story of Mary and Martha. It's probably a story that uh, would be familiar to, to a few of you here. Um, but it's in Luke 10, verse 38, and, and essentially what happens is that Jesus is invited to Martha's house. And I don't know um, if he was early or, or kind of what happened there, but when he turns up, Martha is busy. She's like running the vacuum around and she's putting the kettle on and she's kind of making some sandwiches and she's blowing up an airbed for the disciples and she's, you know, stressing out. And all the time, all the time, her flipping sister is just sitting there listening, chatting to Jesus, having a lovely time. And, you know, you can see it in Martha's face. She's getting redder and redder, more and more stressed. And eventually she just snaps and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Come on. And Jesus responds. He says, Martha, Martha. He says her name twice. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not taken away from her. And it didn't mean that Jesus didn't value the things that Martha was doing, but it just meant that time in his presence, time with him, listening to him, learning from him was of far greater value. How much time do you spend sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning from him? listening to him, spending time with him. Is it once a day, once a week, once a month? Is it enough for you to grow this year? Because if we're going to grow deep roots, we need to water them, right? That was part of what Brenda was talking about at the start. Um, secondly, Jesus was a really big fan of group work. 
He, he really loved to, to bring people together. When Jesus um, gave his followers things to do, he never sent them off alone. He encouraged them to serve each other, to look out for each other, to journey the rough seas together. Um, the only time Peter really fell apart, you remember when he, he denied Jesus, was when he was on his own. You think about that. Isolation, um, it's a killer. It's, it's hard, right? The start of Luke 10. First one, we read that Jesus appoints 72 of his followers and he sends them two by two. They partner up, find your buddy, hold hands, off you go. To every place and town that he was about to visit, he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. He knew the task he was giving them was not going to be an easy one. He knew that they would need each other. You know, the writer to the, the Hebrews puts it this way. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. He says, don't get into the, um, don't give up meeting together. That's something that a habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, part of the beautiful thing about being in a church and, and particularly about being in this church, I mean, I am biased, but particularly about being in this church is that we have a family that can help us to grow in our faith. I know for a fact that without my spiritual um, grandparents and, and parents, um, I, without my Christian brothers and sisters walking beside me, picking me up, pushing me forward, calling me out, showing me the truth in love, I, I doubt very much that I would be here. And I don't um, just mean as a pastor, but as a follower of Jesus. Because, you know, this life that we're called to, it's hard. It's a, it's a challenge. It's not an easy life. We're lambs among wolves. We need each other. Who do you meet with that encourages your faith? Who do you pray with? Who calls you out when you're being a donut? If we're going to continue to grow, we need to make sure that we're journeying um, with others. And then thirdly and finally, um, Jesus um, regularly gives his disciples the opportunity to step out in faith, to move, to move beyond their comfort zones, to, to sort of step up in some way or another. Um, when he first met uh, Simon and Andrew on the beach. He said, oh, guys, you, you know, you're fishermen. That's cool. That's cool. Listen, follow me, and I'll teach you how to fish for men. I'll move you way beyond your comfort zones. I'll let you do things that you never thought that you could ever do. Back in Luke 10, after Jesus sends out the 72 to the places he was about to go. Don't you love that, by the way, that, that Jesus sends us ahead of the places that he's about to visit? I think that's great. Where might Jesus be sending you because he's about to turn up and you've got to prepare the ground? Sorry, getting distracted. Um, so he sends them out. They, they step out in, in, in faith. They go to the places they go. Um, and it says uh, later on in verse 17 that the 72, they return with joy. They return with joy. And they say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And then Jesus, it says in verse 21, Jesus was full of joy. Through the Holy Spirit. And he said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you were pleased to do. It's this, it's this incredibly beautiful picture of what it feels like to be used by God, to be doing his work, to be witnessing his power, God at work in us and through us, and the joy that that brings. Up until this point, they'd only seen Jesus doing, you know, the stuff. But now, all of a sudden, they were on the front lines. And they were being used by God in new and exciting ways. You know, I ever thought for a minute when I was younger that, that this is where my journey um, would take me, that God would use me in the way he has. In the same way, I bet Peter 
Never thought he'd be standing in front of 3,000 people preaching the gospel when he was out on his boat <laughs> all those years ago. You know, when we step out in faith, Jesus meets us there. And we get to experience the joy of the Holy Spirit. So in what way might Jesus be calling you to step up, to step out in faith this year? Where is he sending you? How is he asking you to do it? So those are maybe just a, um, a few little things that we can begin to think about in terms of growing in 2020. Our time with Jesus, our time sitting at his feet, our time with other believers. Who are we journeying with alongside? Who is supporting us and encouraging us? And how are we stepping out in faith? How is Jesus moving us beyond our comfort zones this year? Which of those areas maybe do you need to kind of spend some time thinking about for yourself? Okay, enough for me. Brenda's going to come and talk about our third word. It's not musical chairs without the music. <laughs> so um, I mentioned earlier that our mission statement is reaching Tamworth with the life-transforming love of Christ. And in our mission statement is that phrase, life-transforming, and that's really what this word equip is all about. Um, we believe that the love of Christ is a love that transforms all areas of our lives. God isn't just interested in how we are on a Sunday morning, how well we engage in worship, and whether or not we fall asleep during the sermon. Jesus is interested in every aspect of our lives. He's interested in how we are as parents, as friends, as a spouse, as a neighbor, as a colleague. All areas of our life is important to him. And so the heart behind the word equip is really community, how we can strengthen our church community and also be better at reaching out and strengthening the wider community around us in Tamworth. In Ephesians 4, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach all unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The word equip means to prepare for a particular situation or task. And I wonder how often you find yourselves in a situation where you feel completely unprepared. I know I feel like that most days at some point. Ephesians reminds us that in order to build up and to reach unity in faith and to become mature, we need to have the right tools. We need to become equipped. And so we want to ensure over 2020 that we are providing opportunities in the year to strengthen our church community so that we feel better equipped for those things that life might throw at us. We also know that God has given us a heart for our wider community, not just to have successful community projects, but to create opportunities to come alongside people, to support them where they're at. We believe that God is calling us to use those links that we have to find new and creative ways of demonstrating love to each other, equipping one another for every challenge. So, how do we become better equipped? Firstly, it is important that as a church, we have opportunities to do life together. 
When we look at the way that Jesus equipped his disciples, we see him doing life with them. Dan spoke about that a lot earlier. We see them spending time together, eating meals together, talking, learning, sharing life. The early church in Jerusalem demonstrates this as well. In Acts, we read, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I truly believe that one of the best resources that we have in this church is the people in it. In our church, we have such a wealth of knowledge and skill and experience. There are so many times that I've been struggling with something and have had a conversation with someone who's been there and done that and got through it. And the amount of wisdom and advice and support that they can provide in those situations is incredible. Are you a part of a life group? If not, I would encourage you to join one, speak to one of the leadership team, and we can link you into one. Reach out to people, come alongside people, make sure you've got people around you that can support you and encourage you. So who are you stepping out to reach and support, and who are you leaning on for support yourself? It's important that we have those people in our lives so that we can do life together. Secondly, we need to be more open in our conversations. We live in a social media generation where people post polished versions of their lives online all the time. And it's so easy to become isolated or feel like we must be inadequate compared to everybody else. I can think of many times that I have felt like everybody else has their lives together and I'm the only one who doesn't. And in this social media generation, we sometimes put pressure on ourselves to be okay all the time. And the truth is that we aren't. And the truth is that God doesn't expect that of us. In the Bible, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God cares in the good times, and he cares in the bad times. And as a church, we should be doing that for each other too. In order to feel better equipped, we need to be having open and honest conversations with each other. And we hope that over the next year, we'll provide opportunities for some of these conversations to happen through life groups, through our ministries, through fellowship, through courses, looking at things of faith like evangelism and prayer and how to understand the Bible um, better, but also looking at topics like parenting and marriage and friendships, and how to be wise in how we live our everyday lives. The hope is that in opening up the conversation, we can feel better supported, and we can also then be better supporters of others. And finally, we all have a part to play. The church is described in the Bible as a body, and each part of the body is important and valued and needed. And the only way that this whole vision is going to work is if we all do our bit. There'll be times over the next year where you can focus in on areas of your life that you need a bit of equipping. But there'll also be times that you can support us in equipping others. 
It may be that you aren't a parent, but you could help the parents in our church by providing childcare during the parenting course. It may be that you aren't married, but you choose to pray for another married couple in our church. It may be that you are just aware of somebody in the church who is new or who's living on their own or who is going through a hard time. Why not invite them to your house for a meal or take them out for a coffee, have a chat with them, see how they're doing, have a conversation, see where it leads. Ephesians 4 ends by saying, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When we all do our part, the body grows. It builds itself up in love. And so this year, I wonder how you might equip others or how you might be better equipped through what we are doing. Wow. How how you doing? It's a lot to take in, isn't it? But um, I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's easier for us because we've been kind of on this journey for a little while, I suppose, and getting really excited about some of these things and, and really starting to think about what they might look like for us per- personally and, and as a church this morning. And I realise for a lot of you this morning, it's kind of the first time um, you're, you're hearing about it. Um, uh, but I think it's really, really exciting. And in, in a sense, um, all we've kind of done this morning is scratch the surface. Um, we, there's a lot more that we want to say about this. There's a lot more we want to kind of teach. Um, but, you know, you've got to go home at some point, right? Or do you want to stay? No, okay. I won't ask that. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got a whole year. We've got a whole year to explore these words together. Um, but essentially, as best as we can manage this morning, um, in a nutshell, if you like, um, this is what we believe that God is calling us to this year, to extend our reach, both in terms of our, our personal evangelism and as a community of believers who are committed to those who don't know Jesus, to grow deeper in our relationship with him, to sit at his feet, to, to learn from him, to journey with others and to take those opportunities to step out in faith and to equip one another to build each other up in love and to face the challenges of life um, together. So um, in conclusion then, if you'll permit me just a few more minutes, um, what does this actually look like for us? What does this mean for Tamworth Elim going forward? Well, I think there are kind of two ways that this works itself out, two ways this is going to happen. Firstly, there is our commitment to you as a church, as leaders, um, we want to work really hard to provide opportunities for you in each of those areas throughout 2020. Opportunity to reach your family and your friends with the gospel. That means that we're going to provide courses, events, and even special services that you can invite your friends and family to be a part of. And if you bring them along here, we will give them the opportunity to get to know Jesus for 
themselves. Imagine if they took that opportunity. What might change in their lives? It also means that we're going to teach, we're going to give you practical support on how you can reach out in your own context. And we're looking um, into inviting others to help us on that journey as well. It means that we'll give you opportunity to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Um, on our Sunday morning services, in our life groups, at various other points through the year. In fact, our life group and ministry leaders have already begun to think about how they can support you in your spiritual growth this year, whether that means you taking on a bit more responsibility or going a bit deeper into his word this year or or maybe stepping up in your prayer life. Whatever um, that might look like for you, we want to support your spiritual journey of growth this year. An opportunity to equip yourselves and each other. Um, in our existing ministries that reach to the wider community, but, but also in new ways. We want to um, look at running uh, parenting, marriage, wisdom courses, jumping on, for pe- jumping on points for people who are looking to have maybe a conversation about this stuff, <clears throat> but never knew that the church is the place that they could have that conversation. We've actually got a whole calendar of events planned for 2020, um, which we're going to begin to kind of share with you over the coming weeks. Uh, And you can talk to your life group and ministry leaders about them now. But um, really, what we are wanting to do is find as many ways as we can to support and encourage you on this journey this year. Um, The other way this kind of works itself out, the other half of this, if you like, I think is your um, commitment to this vision. You are, of course, well within your rights to say, well, that all sounds lovely. Um, Thanks, but I'm just sort of happy to turn up and sing a few songs and uh, get on with the rest of my life. Thank you very much. Um, to which I would say, wonderful. We're so glad that you're with us. I hope you continue to find a home and a family at Tamworth Elim. But maybe just also challenge you, are you sure that that is all God has for you this year? Are you sure that is all God has for you this year? We really believe that this is a journey that God is calling us to go on together in 2020. And so the first thing I would do is I would just encourage you to take some time to pray about this. Maybe as a first step today, particularly in those areas of reaching, growing and equipping. Maybe just start to ask God who it is that you can reach out to this year. Who might that be? Ask what it is that that you might need to do in order to grow. Where do you need to see spiritual growth this year? How it is that you might be able to equip others in this community? Um, And then don't keep it to yourselves. Speak to others, speak to your life group and ministry leaders about it. Begin to maybe gather with others and pray more about this. Speak to the elders and and the pastors of the church. As I've said already, you know, there are things that that we've planned to do this year, but I really believe that that much of what we do is going to come from you. I really believe that. As you begin to just think and pray about those words, as you begin to really seek after God's heart for you personally, and then you start this conversation with us. I think we're going to see all sorts of new things springing up and growing this year. As well as praying, get involved. Think of ways you might be able to step up if you're involved in a ministry. Maybe speak to those leaders and say, you know, what can I do to help? How can we do more? Maybe even start to suggest some stuff. And if you're not involved, look for those opportunities to get involved. It doesn't um, have to be every week if your schedule doesn't allow for that. But start somewhere. Get involved. Give something new a go. You know, Jesus said in the, um, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I really don't want that to be true for us at Tamworth Elim. We know the harvest is plentiful, 
Let's get on with it. Um, and finally, I want you to look for those new opportunities. Those new opportunities. One of the things that, that I'm really excited about personally this year, something we want to do, is, is take some time to acknowledge some people and some issues that perhaps we haven't spoken about much in the past. And we want to speak up about things like environmental issues, um, mental health, uh, cancer, inequality, issues that actually affect all of us and things that as followers of Jesus, we actually have a unique perspective on. We actually have a voice. We have something to say about this stuff. You know, it might be the case that you sit here in church week after week after week and, you know, you think that thing that God put on my heart all those years ago, that's not really spoken about here. It might be that God is challenging you to do something about that. You know, you are Tamworth Elim. Not, not us up here, not the, the building. You know, without you guys, we'd just be three weirdos hanging out in a building. <coughs> we can't really afford. <laughs> you know, you are the oasis in the desert that Brenda was speaking about at the start. You have the capacity to reach those people around you with the incredible, the never-ending, the unfailing, the ever-deepening, life-transforming love of Christ. Our challenge is, what are you going to do about it this year? So as I said, this isn't the final word. Uh, it's not even the middle word. It's the it's the beginning word. It's the start of a conversation, a year-long journey that we want to go on together in 2020. Um, and I know you're going to be chatting about this in the week um, with your life groups particularly. Um, you know, as Brenda said, if you're not in a life group, this is a great time to jump on board. Even if you, you, know, you just dip in and, and join the conversation here at the start. Because we don't want to leave anybody behind. We want to kind of go on this journey um, together, this journey of reaching, growing, um, and equipping each other. Are you in 